Hey, so in the middle of this episode, Tony's internet went out and he could not get uh, back for a couple hours. So uh, I just wanted to take this time to uh, plug his stuff on his behalf. You can check out his podcast, Escape from Vault Disney, um, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. He's at Tony Goldmark on Twitter and you can follow the podcast at EFVD Podcast on Twitter. Um, and you can check out his Patreon where he sometimes uploads work in progress and early episodes of the podcast. All right. Here we go. Oh, Hello and welcome All to right. the Emperor's New Podcast. We recover every corner of the Emperor's New Groove franchise and sometimes stuff adjacently related. <laughs> I'm your host, Micah Hurst, and today I'll be joined by Kyle A. Carosa. I'm here for when things are tangentially related. <laughs> that seems to have been lately the case, yes. Jasmine Garcia. Why are you focusing on me? I'm easily the least cool guest here. <laughs> and Tony Goldmark. <laughs> Theorizing that one could travel to Hollywood in his own nine lifetimes, Dr. Danny Beckcat <laughs> stepped onto the bus from Kokomo and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the 1930s, facing cinematic images that did not star his own, and driven by an animated force to change movie history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Mark, an effects animator from Disney, who appears in the form of a director who only made two more movies, three if that Garfield reboot gets made. And so <laughs> Dr. Beckcat finds himself dancing from audition to audition, striving to check boxes that once went unchecked, and hoping each time that his next song and dance number won't make him take the bus home. <laughs> I get jokes. <laughs> Get it? Because Scott Bakula. Yeah. I was man. hoping someone More was going to do that anyway. So. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank yes. you. And if you couldn't tell by that, and also clicking on this and seeing the name of the episode, we're talking about Cats Don't Dance. Mark Dindle's cats first don't feature. Leap. Yes. White cats uh, don't dance. I mean, kind of. <laughs> I think we can all agree, not that there's much competition, but I think we can all agree this is definitely the best musical with the word cats in the title ever made. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, do you all want to uh, get into your history with Cats Don't Dance? Well, I saw Cats Don't Dance in theaters as a kid. I think it was ah, 13 so I'm years not the old. only one. <laughs> yeah, we're the two. We're the two yeah. who actually saw it in theaters. <laughs> You and me, buddy. Uh, I was a huge animation fan at the time, especially anything that looked really cartoony. And, and, and you know, I remember seeing the ads for that and thinking, wow, that looks much cartoonier than your average Disney fair. Sign me up. And especially I was interested in it because it was packaged in theaters with a new Foghorn Leghorn cartoon at the time called Pull right. It Surprise. <laughs> where they actually uh, were one of the big, well, one of the big selling points was that Chuck Jones was involved, even though he didn't direct it. He was just one of the producers. Uh -huh. But um, uh, but also it, it's the cartoon where Foghorn Leghorn basically screws with Pete Puma for six minutes. And they actually <laughs> got Stan Freeberg back to voice Poot Pete Puma again. So that was kind of a big deal. I meant um, that must have been a really great uh, uh, way to warm up for the movie, too. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was a is a great warm up for the movie, and that short pull it surprise 
uh, is on YouTube totally for free. And I'm guessing it'll still be free after this month, unlike the movie. So, And of course, this movie is currently on YouTube for free, which is how I at watched it. At the moment. It. At the exact yes. moment. Yes, free with yes, that. This until Zaslav realizes he owns it. Yeah, Check it out while he still can. <laughs> um, but that's why I wanted to get this episode out now, because I was planning to get it like later, like towards mm-hmm. sometimes when I had run out of things or something. But since it's on free now, I wanted to just go ahead and get it out. Absolutely. Get the word out, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Tony, um, I think Pulitzer Prize is uh, one of those ones that Eric Goldberg like secretly animated on. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. I, I there's there's notice... a few of those later Chuck Jones ones that he like kind of stuck I... in and did some work on under a fake name. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see his name in the credits. I know Daryl yeah. Van... Is it Daryl Van, Van Kidders or Sitters? Van Sitters. Van, Van Sitters. Yeah, he, he directed it. So, <laughs> and, he was, and he was gonna direct Roger Rabbit at one point, so... There oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Another thing you Before both got were, uh, you and Kyle were on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. With Gary K. Wolf. Yes, that was, that awesome. was oh, such yeah, a that good was, episode. That was, that was nice. That was fun. Mm-hmm. That was one where I just threw away all my notes. Like I took a shitload of Roger <laughs> Rabbit notes beforehand, and I was, and but I'm just listening to Gary K. Wolf, the damn author of the damn thing, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I'm, deleting all these who cares oh. <laughs> I I mean, all his, his stories were pretty fantastic i, yeah. I quite enjoyed that episode yeah. um, i'll save and- my notes for if i ever cover it on my podcast so there you go. <laughs> but yeah as for me i did not end up seeing it in theaters unfortunately but i distinctly remember watching this at least twice when it was airing on cartoon network and i have to say i do kind because i know they used to like make it out to be such a big event whenever they were showing a movie on on there and uh, i'm very nostalgic for those days but yeah no it's definitely been at least a decade if not more since i've watched this so this was a very nice opportunity (laughs) Uh, as for me yeah i also saw it in theaters uh i'd been seeing like images of it in animation magazine for months Mm -hmm. and like just seeing pictures of like I i remember danny and max in particular being like I need to see this. This is like a very cartoony (laughs) animated movie. And that doesn't happen. I I remember uh, going with my sister to see it while I was visiting my grandparents in Long Island. uh, And I enjoyed the living heck out of it. Um, And uh, yeah, then when, you know, Emperor's New Groove came out, it was like, oh, it's the Cats Don't Dance guy. I need to see this movie. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was the one kid who did that. I guess young adult. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, like, it's, we'll probably get into this more later, but it was it's interesting looking through the credits and seeing kind of, like, the animations, animation who's who, who are, like, kind of not only in the big roles, but some of the small ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear about that. Um, for me, I also, unfortunately, don't. If I did see it in theaters, I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I do remember like right after it came on video, renting it mm-hmm. and enjoying it mm-hmm. and getting that toy. Uh, I'll explain to the listeners because they haven't seen this image. I had a little Pudge uh, uh, wind-up toy that apparently oh, I got nice. from Subway, according to the internet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't know there was merch at all. Right? Yeah, I know. Like... There certainly doesn't seem to be any now, which is sad. <laughs> yeah uh, i think that's probably why i didn't see it in theaters is i don't think there was a lot of heavy 
And I wasn't, you know, big into, I mean, I was, I was a child, so I wasn't looking up <laughs> stuff on, uh, f- looking into more things about I mean, animation it, like I am now. It was very poorly advertised for and not widely released. Which is yeah. weird, because well, it just, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, maybe they didn't advertise it enough, but, you know, I've, I've watched the trailers and commercials for this movie on, on YouTube, and I think that they advertised it just fine maybe not enough I, i'm referring yeah. more to the amount rather than sure yeah. sure sure the, the okay okay yeah, yeah it seems and... like such an easy sell go ahead sorry <laughs> i i mean this movie just in terms of quality it does seem to be this along with the iron giant and i guess to a lesser extent treasure planet are the biggest mm-hmm. mysteries of why did this flop so hard because yeah. and 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 maybe yeah they just didn't advertise it enough or 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 reach the right audience with their advertising. Uh, I looked this up and uh, this came out the week after Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, which was a huge hit. So that was the biggest hit uh, the weekend this came out. Plus the special editions of the original Star Wars trilogy were all still in theaters well, at the time. So maybe maybe I the, saw the those in theaters. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Liar Liar and Star Wars combined just kind of sucked out the potential audience for those. Those would have crushed it, yeah. I mean, Star Wars is basically all of Disney cares about. Not not really, but, you know. I I think in the case of both this and Iron Giant, I think a certain amount of that had to do with the the old executive shuffle. And so, you know, whoever might have been championing it at one point wasn't there no more. Well, you know, I I mean, and and this is a tangent about the Iron Giant, but... uh, but one of the problems that happened with that, Brad Bird has said he actually kind of blames himself because the Iron Giant tested so amazingly, like like the test scores were through the roof and the execs like, OK, we might have something really, really special here. We don't have enough money and resources right now to really give this the push it deserves for August, but if we can push this back to like a Christmas release, maybe we can make this a huge hit. And Brad oh. Bird's first reaction was, well, that's great. We've got five more months to finish it. I can go tell the animation staff to, that they can relax a little. And they're like, oh, no, you still have to finish it by the same date. We're just going to sit on it for five more months. And Brad oh, Bird was so insulted by that that he refused to let them change the release date. Oh. It's like, if, if, if we have to deliver by this date, then you're releasing it on, on this day. And... And so he, he just in that moment of anger, he he kind of screwed up, screwed over his own movie in in hindsight. Yeah. I, I can see both sides. Like not... Yeah, yeah, I I can absolutely see both sides of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, oh, yeah. After after that, I think for a while, I'm so, apologies to the movie, but I think for a while I kind of forgot about it. But then in like the 2010s, early mid 2010s, when I had started. Uh, Re- getting back into the 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 groove, uh, I <laughs> learned that it was by the same director of the Emperor's New Groove. I was like, well, I need to revisit this, and so I did, and I liked it. And for some reason, I don't think I watched it again since then until today. <laughs> it's a movie that left so little cultural impact, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that it is kind of easy to forget that it existed until you're reminded of it, and then you're like, yeah. oh yeah, cats don't dance. That was a thing. I like that movie. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Happened to me at least once a year on Tumblr back in the heyday of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still on it, but. Well, around when it was on home release is when I was in college. And of course, that it was animation college. And so we were all kind of obsessed with it um, mm-hmm. because it was kind of this off. It was just this 
non-Disney feature that had just kind of sailed under the radar and we're all like, we're animation students, we're gonna champion this thing. And we were all yes. just like super inspired by it. So yeah. it was a little Aww. bit it was a little bit different from my and atypical on my end. Yeah, that's so that's so sweet. I mean, yeah, it definitely deserves championing. So <laughs> absolutely well, you also gotta realize like the nineties as a decade, at least for animation, <laughs> that was Disney's decade. It was they, the Disney they decade. Fucking, they owned that decade in in every conceivable way, and it was mm-hmm. almost impossible for anyone else's animated cartoon to uh, for anyone else's animated feature to to become a big hit unless it yeah. literally starred the Looney Tunes. Yeah, and they knew, and Disney knew this, and that's why they branded the the nineties the Disney decade. Absolutely, yeah. and and the other and but a lot of their competitors were really actively um, trying to copy the Disney formula with movies mm-hmm. like Fern Gully and Quest for Camelot, Quest for Camelot. and Anastasia. Swan, and this Swan movie, Princess. Uh, Swan <laughs> Princess, absolutely. This hey, movie, they're still making those now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I just watched L- Laura Crone's videos about the Swan Princess movie. That's a real great. good video. It's a trip. It's a trip, right? <laughs> That's, it really is. That's so, what makes um, this movie so great. Is that it's not that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's not that. It it it's it goes the exact opposite way, and and really, if it's copying anything, it's the Looney Tunes. And oh, yeah. Tonally, this feels like the kind of movie that the classic Looney Tunes directors would have made at the height of the classic Looney Tunes era if they'd been allowed to make animated features and not just shorts. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This has that influence all over it, especially in terms of it being a period piece, which I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually yeah. kind of a shame they didn't follow this up with, like, say, a TV series of shorts starring these characters. That would be nice. Yeah. Oh, that, would, that would be a lot of fun. I would have loved that. I was, well, <laughs> I was I was constantly watching Boomerang as a kid, so, <laughs> like, that would have fit right in. <laughs> well, in my head canon, this takes place. I, I mean, there's an 80 year difference, but this takes place in the same universe as Bojack Horseman. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes sense. It's just it's just the same universe, but 80 year time difference. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm intrigued by your premise and wish to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, that's the thing. This never really took off, and it's kind of a shame that it never yeah. took off. Um, even well, like it, it, it walked so that Emperor's New Groove could run. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah, Ooh, great to great. Yeah, but um, let's talk. Maybe we should talk about why this should get more hyped up, then, huh? Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, there's lots of so, reasons. <laughs> so, if you want to play, if you want to play the Mark Dindle drinking game while while <laughs> yeah. watching this movie, I counted. The eerie similarities between this movie and Emperor's mm-hmm. New Groove. Yeah, I was and, trying to look for that too. Yeah, I, Darla? I can't. Go ahead. Well, well, Darla's a big one, definitely. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, Darla the... looks like Isma. She really does to me. Darla, Isma is the... Isma is grown up. Darla, change my mind. That's yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, this year's is model is Max, <laughs> a powerful female villain who projects a pleasant outward demeanor, but on the inside is a barely contained simmering volcano of and, limitless white rage. All these beautifully, you know, not like uh, all these appealing animated expressions. Oh yeah. Oh my God, Darla's expressions are so goddamn magical in this movie, and we'll and we'll so get into that. A lot of like crazy '40s Chuck Jones stuff going on, and in, in which is face. what, which is again another Isma connection that I yeah, saw. Really? I was like, mm-hmm. Both are very uh, Chuck Jones characters. Another connection: a villain sidekick who is an enormous triangular dude. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, this I mean, was more Max Frankenstein is, almost. <laughs> Max is almost kind of, uh, I mean, he's bigger, but he's kind of evil Kronk in a way. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, r- right down to him cooking and everything. But yeah. um, uh, a lead protagonist who dances all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so does that uh, mean that he is well, Cusco's not quite evil, but um, Danny's very much yeah, nicer. Cusco, Cusco is is Danny's evil twin, basically. Yes. They're, 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 uh, yeah. Well, now he's uh, otherwise turn into a complete. Cat. Otherwise, complete polar opposites, because because Danny is complete. Cusco is completely cynical, and Danny mm-hmm. is completely uncynical. Mm-hmm. But they both love to dance, so mm-hmm. that's Cusco was turned into a cat once, and it was adorable. Oh, <laughs> that is true. That is true. So I can I gotta... send a picture of that sometimes because he and he was orange, which is also interesting. <laughs> Hmm. And and thematically, thematically, uh, they both deal with the theme of d- the discrepancies between the haves and have-nots of society. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And the theme of being an animal being considered inherently lesser than human. Yeah. And... With that haves and have-nots, it's like uh, Mark Dindle was the Ryan Johnson of his day. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, now I want to cross over between that and Glass yeah. Onion, please. Well, that's why we need. Well, that's why we need a, a Benoit Cronk movie. <laughs> Benoit Cronk. Yes, no, perfect. it's just dumb. <laughs> and Pat and Ford both like my tweet about that. Yeah. And, and both Cats and Groove contain big action sequences involving lots of water. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. And, and cats. <laughs> Bring it on. Cats and lots of water, <laughs> like. It is actually, I, I like that is something I thought. I was like, wow, I did not expect to see a huge waterfall in this movie. Yeah, there's a huge waterfall <laughs> in it too. Uh, I forgot all about that. And there's, and there's, a, there's like one joke that it's not, a, it's not the same as the joke in the Imprisoned Group, but it's a similar like mm-hmm. style of joke where it's, you know, one, it's just something going on and on. And then we cut to another scene and then it goes back to a thing and it's still going on and on, which is a common joke, but <laughs> yeah. it is something that they both had, but they both made use of that joke. Um, so it made me think of that because of course it did. Now I, I've, I've thought about this before and kind of like, whereas we have all of these, as you pointed out, uh, commonalities between these two Mark Dindle movies, there is one like very notable market uh, difference. And I feel like, whereas this movie goes all in on sincerity emperor's new groove goes all in on sarcasm yeah yeah i mean they they have david spade so (laughs) until the very end of the movie in Groove, where they kind of do sincerity through sarcasm exactly which i would have liked to see more of the sincerity through sarcasm it's just very interesting with all those all the things that it has in common just like that very specific difference Mm -hmm. like it has to have been a choice it it, yeah. it feels it feels almost kind of like yin and yang in in, yeah. in its own way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that I I and I just and sorry I keep stuttering. Um, and this is a thing with is I like it a lot less than Chicken Little because Chicken Little everyone's an asshole and they're mean. But there's a lot of similarities yeah. between this Emperor's New Groove and Chicken Little in like how the characters have quirky personalities and are handled and stuff right um, right yeah like uh, the the thing that this that this move that cats don't dance and chicken little have in common is kind of like the ragtag group of doofuses yeah um <laughs> it's hard for me to actually compare uh chicken little to either of them just due to the sheer amount of studio meddling yeah so i mean like it's hard to 
kind of like you know there's some dindliness that shines through but it's been so messed with yeah yeah i can yeah, see that we did not get the version of Chicken Little that Mark Dindle wanted. And and yeah. if we had, I feel like there'd be a lot more commonality between and, yeah. um, for sure. They, and, and Mark we Dindle enjoyed the movie. and Randy Fulmer, yeah. apparently I had learned from Nick Ranieri that they were going to do a, a, their own take on fairy tales, but then Shrek came out, so they scrapped yeah. that. Yeah, uh, okay. I kind of um, want to live was, in that, that was a fun conversation, now. though. Uh, well, well, Chicken Little was going to be a girl initially, yeah. voiced by yeah. Holly Hunter, and uh, oh, and 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 I think it was Eisner who went like, "No, nah, you should make him a boy because if you're a... sorry, my ride's here. There's a siren in the background. Hey, <laughs> but the um, and it was Michael Eisner who said, "No, nah, make him a boy because if you're a boy and you're small, you get picked on." And that's okay. <laughs> okay, but if you're a girl, people are less likely to believe you. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So so and, it's, it's, and it's, it's of aliens, it, it was like this uh conspiracy that there was a, a camp for, for making for a self uh I don't know how to describe it, but there was a camp that they, that she was gonna go to to uh and help with her courage or something. To get to get more self-confident, but it was more run by it was gonna be run by a fox voiced by Pendulette who was evil. But yeah. and that would have been well, and then the movie would have had a villain that wasn't just a villain by accident because <laughs> yeah exactly we're terrible at executing the characters. But I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you'll do a separate Chicken Little episode eventually, and I won't be on that one because I already covered that for my <laughs> podcast. Yes, that's fair. That was a good that someone on the, the Facebook the Facebook page said they wanted to hear the Escape from Vault Disney people's views um on cats don't dance and well here you have two of them so well, there, yep there you go <laughs> yay yeah, that person got their got their wish that's nice <laughs> um but the the i really like the cast of characters in this movie and i like the chemistry mm -hmm. of the characters mm -hmm. um yeah 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 i am 99 percent sure that pudge uh got to this movie after escaping the set of pebble and the penguin <laughs> he looks a lot like that, right? <laughs> like, now that I think about it, I guess is there a lot of a similarity between Blue, Blue and Dindle? Now I'm gonna have to look into it. <laughs> uh, I I know. Well, I I don't know if there was any um overlap actually because I I think Blue mm -hmm. left like just before right? Dindle started working for Disney in in the early '80s. So. So yeah, I, I have no idea if they ever work together or even might just be other. a wild coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's an actual overlap there. Mm -hmm. I think it's just cartoon. They're very similar cartoon penguins. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> there's only he so many ways. Can... Me of, and I probably not, but for some reason I think of Chili Willy when I think of cartoon penguins. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that was an inspiration as well. Yeah. And the... And there is only so many ways you can animate a penguin, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and what? And they couldn't make them. And they did all of them in like 2006 in the various. Yes. <laughs> say, yes. they, and they <laughs> at the time they couldn't make them disturbingly uncanny valley realistic. Like no, they not did yet. Happy feet. Technology wasn't there yet. <laughs> oh, oh my god! But I love I love Max. That. I love that Max's teeth never move. Yeah. <laughs> I like that it's just his jaw, his teeth are clenched all the time and just his lips move. And it's I it's found... kind of fascinating because like one of the things I like about this movie that was done for effect, particularly with Max, is like the the power and impact of making something not move. So like yeah. you got Max's teeth like you're talking about. They must have been on a completely different layer. 
than like they were. there's other stuff that Max does where it's like just one part of him moves, and because yeah. nothing else is moving, it looks like much more know, like intimidating. And like then also this isn't Max, but during the second part of like the scary part of Big and Loud, like when uh the giant Darla pops out of the ground and she's just <laughs> like she is in one pose. She like zips in in like three frames or something, and then just nothing's moving but her mouth and the rubble. And so it's, just, always... like, it's like this big scary thing because like all of you have to look at just like this one like unmoving image of Darla. I mean, and I they, mean, they do that a lot in this movie. Talking about about things not moving, or rather the very particular selectiveness of which things the animators choose to move, um, my my single favorite moment in the whole movie, my favorite visual gag, is when Max pulls the rope and the table that Darla's sitting at turns (laughs) into a piano. Like, mm-hmm. like the table drops and the piano <laughs> rises and Darla doesn't move at all. Your cartoon logic. It's beautiful. It's so, <laughs> and the lights change from pink to blue. It's it's so per it's so the, perfectly that timed thing, that moment. That thing of knowing when to what to make move and what to just keep mm-hmm. was also, I think, also uh carried over into groove as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Mark Dindle was very smart about uh what to tell people to do for a, a budget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially in the perfect world number. There's lots of great, you know, moving stuff around. I I, I mean, I, I do think it was the right decision to not make Emperor's New Groove a musical for the sake of that yeah. movie. But yeah. but I think this movie shows that even if even if they'd been forced to make Emperor's New Groove a movie, it's still or a musical. It still could have worked. <laughs> yes, like, and they could do that if they wanted to. I mean, not the movie. The movie's is perfect. Right, right, right. If they Disney wanted to do like a stage musical of the Emperor's New Groove, they could make it work if they had the right people behind it. Exactly. Yeah, sure. like, That's what they'll do see... for live action Emperor's New Groove. They oh, should... Honestly, if they must, let's do that. <laughs> Well, I want I want something like I don't oh, think yeah. they're ever going to work for Disney. But if I were to pick directors for an Emperor's New Groove yeah. remake, I'd want it to be uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller. But I don't think they're ever going to work for Disney again. <laughs> Nor would I blame them. Or like mm. you know, I mean, they got Taika. I I could see Taika pulling that off. I think. <laughs> yeah, but we're not talking about. That. But what do you no. want to? <laughs> I saw. Uh, I think I was looking up stuff about this movie and I saw like a model sheet with notes for Max specifically saying his teeth remain clenched Mm. just from the lips. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And I also love that he's like appears to be human, but he's like 10 feet tall or something. Like I said, I I would not be surprised if if someone built him in a lab. He's a gorilla. Oh, is he supposed to be a gorilla? Okay. Oh, I did not realize that. Just oh, kind man. of a bald gorilla. Oh yeah. my god! But but yeah, like slightly larger than a normal oh, guys, gorilla we, we, too, though. So it's did, still did we got lose that Tony, guys? Hmm? Yeah, did we lose Tony? Did we lose Tony? Oh no! Uh-oh. Hang on. Uh oh. We'll turn this into a mini so. Well, uh, there, there's something <laughs> I can talk about while we uh, wait for Tony to return, if that's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. No um, problem. Yeah. I still have it up. Might as well. Yep, go ahead. Uh, yeah, like, so before we started recording this episode, uh, I was talking about something. Because we're, like, talking on the subject of Max and his unmoving teeth. Um, <laughs> you know, there there was, there was a still unfinished somehow 
uh reanimate project for the for big and loud right uh and i specifically took the scene of max going get hot miss dimple because i really <laughs> wanted to try the unmoving teeth animation and it was super fun to do yeah that does yeah. sound like yeah i just fun. like i just put the teeth on a separate layer and just animated his mouth over <laughs> over top on a different one on a different layer someday when i have less stress uh making it difficult to function i will i would love to do something like that oh <laughs> yeah that's the main reason i haven't been getting out a whole lot of stuff but i don't want to bring the thing down so um <laughs> Sorry, Micah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing I will say, I really do. It's kind of because int- I kept on thinking about this while I was watching it. Like all these little references to not only just the Golden Age of Hollywood, but also just like different genres from the Golden Age of Hollywood. Like I said, Max reminds me of the uh, Frankenstein monster. Um, you got got a King Kong cameo, and you got all these different actors. And I remember on the efvd episode for the rocketeer how you it was kind of mentioned how there was just all these different references to that particular era of hollywood and, it feels very similar in that and that there's a dimple connection too because that the is nazi true. short the anime, yes. nazi short in the rocketeer was mark dimple's first direct director job as a director exactly um, so it does kind of make sense i feel like they actually make oddly good which like, means i guess i have to cover other. the rocketeer at some point on this podcast <laughs> yay you know guys I'll finally get to watch it <laughs> some random thing just occurred to me oh um dindle before like directing things like this had a lot of a background as a um effects animator mm-hmm. i wonder if that is why we have this recurring theme of floods yeah Maybe. because it's all effects animation yeah. That's true. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Maybe he just particularly likes animating that sort of thing, and so he puts it in his movies. Yeah, and I mean, they are dramatic. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. he was he was on uh, the bubble, one of the bubble guys on the Little Mermaid, <laughs> exactly. as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I learned so much from that episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In... Oh, oh, by the way, Tony texted me. He says, sorry, my internet is dumb. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> I know how that is, too. Um, Knocking on wood now, so you're all saved from this. <laughs> uh, sorry I say oh, a lot. That means I'm thinking. <laughs> yep, nope, you're good. No, uh... no shame in that. <laughs> I, could, I um... could do it like this if you want. Oh. Uh... <laughs> uh... there we go there you go you got it now (laughs) were you gonna say something kyle Mm -hmm. oh uh well do you want to get into the casting of this movie because there's uh, there's a really interesting voice cast yeah um so scott bakula who knew yeah (laughs) yeah i was like wow scott bakula is i think one of the few people in this who actually does both the acting and the singing yeah yeah for some reason, in the '90s that was just so common to just have two separate actors for that. Well, sometimes there's reasons, and sometimes there isn't. Is this? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, like Leia, Sol- Leia Salonga can't act and sing. She, like, no offense to the voice actress for Jasmine, she could have totally done both. There's no particular and, uh, reason why they would have had to get a pinch singer for uh, Jason Marsden in Goofy movie either. That's yeah. true. And I, I saw it completely unrelated. I, I saw Leia Salonga in concert once. 
Nice. Yeah. I just saw Adam Jacobs and Ariel Jacobs over in Epcot, actually. It was so good. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I don't know whether or not Jasmine Guy can sing. I don't know. I, I, I would assume that she could sing well enough to do this movie, but I suppose when you, when you have a Natalie Cole, you don't say no. I yeah. mean, yeah, that is that and is also, very fair. <laughs> also, th- th- uh, a Jasmine G, and there's a Jasmine G on this podcast. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. it's true. <laughs> no relation. It, it, no, no. no only thing I, I the we're, only thing I know of Jasmine guy from other than this is actually the Vampire Diary. She played Bonnie's grandmother. <laughs> oh, vamp- uh, at, at the time, that. I knew her from uh, a different world, the Cosby Show spinoff. Oh, it also okay. had Summer in I it. think yeah, I only and, know her from the this. So I know her. I've her name was familiar, but I oh, this is the only thing I know that I actually watched that she's been in. I'm pretty sure she's been in a lot of things, so I do feel a little ashamed. That's all I know her from. Yeah, she completely nails the role of Sawyer. Oh yeah, yeah she's fantastic. And that was a great. It, it's like for for all of the, you know, for whatever amount of stunt castiness this movie might mm-hmm. have, they are nailing. They are not phoning this in. Oh no. <laughs> Which you know again, what I it's... think mm-hmm. a lot of that probably is helped. I mean, the actors are brilliantly talented, but again, you can see with Groove, uh, Mark Dindle really knows how to direct uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what might otherwise be stunt casting in a movie directed by someone else because uh, they really pushed hard in Groove to get a good dis- performance out of David Spade because he was, well, for, frankly, he was exhausted for one thing because they have been making the movie for longer than even a normal animated movie um <laughs> but also like they so the, the apparently they they told him they were filming for press yeah yeah every time they were co- recording david spade for and the so animated. he was playing it up for the cameras but they weren't even on and yeah. whatever works right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like but my god <laughs> but like is- i've been thinking about I've been thinking about this because of the, you know, Luke and I just recorded our features of Mm -hmm. 2022 episode of Kyle and Luke talk about tunes and two features that came out in the same year are uh, the Disney plus Chip and Dale movie and uh, Puss in Boots, Mm -hmm. The Last Wish. John Mulaney is in both of them in one movie in Chip and Dale. He completely phones it in and in Puss in Boots. He's brilliant. Oh, yeah. good. I mean, so it's, I mean, it's it he's... must be, uh, you know, I don't know what was going on in his life, you know, his, you know, tumultuous I mean... life in either one of those, but I think directing has a lot to do with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we know he can be amazing. Look at it, look at Into the Spider Verse. Like, yeah. yeah. He was pitch perfect as, as Spider Ham. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a Spider Ham from the eight, a Spider Ham fan from the 80s. And so I was very happy with that performance. Also, I did hey, notice, good. like, it felt like, in in that movie, it felt like uh, complete opposites, and so it was. And I enjoyed the movie, even though you know it has a lot of problems. Um, but Rescue Rangers, when you compare his performance to Andy Samberg's performance, it feels very on the opposite spectrum of performance. I mean, I don't think Andy Samberg knows how to phone it in. I, I I've yeah. yet I've yet to see anything where he doesn't give it his all, which good for him. Yeah. A yeah. lot of sugar involved, I think. Oh, probably. <laughs> Which also was probably why I like, uh, I probably why I like his character in that movie's performance the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was this was probably one of Don Knotts' last performances, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and Chicken Little. 
I think was like, like oh like yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. And that's how I knew it was. I was like, oh, that's Don Knox. That's mm -hmm. why I was like, this character makes me think of Chicken Little. And I was like, oh, wait, it's Don Knox. That's see, why it I, makes me think of Chicken Little. See, I mostly know Don Knotts from uh, all the Scooby Doo, Scooby -Doo, -Doo. episodes he did. <laughs> Don Knotts. <laughs> yeah. But Don Knotts was just like a cartoon character in real life, basically. He was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would watch him on Three's Company when I was a kid. And so he's basically a cartoon character there, too. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, uh, Kathany Jimmy is just kind of amazing as Tilly. Yeah, is she ever? I didn't know amazing? that was her until the credits. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, I I actually didn't even catch that until you mentioned. It. I was like, oh, of course that was her. <laughs> yeah, oh. she's a, and I have a I have a, a a dog named Tilly that I was watching the movie with, but Aww. spelled differently. Oh, I mean, I was watching it in my chair and she was on my bed, but we were in the same room. <laughs> Is she the kind of dog that responds to TV or no? Um, she didn't seem to respond when they said Tilly. I really oh. was hoping she would because I thought it would have been cute, but it would it would have been very cute. But yeah, no, I I know yeah, I she doesn't respond to big city TV. greens either, so <laughs> I loved Tilly though. And you know, as I don't know, weirdly as a bigger woman myself, I felt I felt weirdly seen by her. You know, she's just trying so hard to be all sweet and stuff, and it's just like I feel that, honey. I feel that you're trying to make up for feeling like you take up too much space. In a way, she kind of <laughs> reminds me of not the hippo from Fantasia, but the hippo from Fantasia in Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I wonder. And I think I got I I got all my cartoon hippos mixed up in the '90s because Roger Rabbit was the '80s, but you know I was I wasn't born yet. But on home video, like that, yeah, we had Roger Rabbit. You gotta keep your cartoon hippos straight, Mike. We had we had Roger Rabbit and we had Fantasia, which are supposed to be the same. It's the same cartoon character. Hey guys, Tony just texted me. Unfortunately, there's an internet outage in his area, and he won't be able to get back in a few hours and i don't think we're going to be going on for a few hours oh that's the movie's only an hour long <laughs> yeah i'm so oh. sorry uh yeah. tony says do you folks want to finish without me or should we reschedule um, uh, it's admittedly going to be a little hard for me to reschedule so well if, if you want to keep going uh i'm okay with that i'll just have a disclaimer at the beginning that tony's internet went out and it's yeah i don't know if you want to like pick up anything with him later or what but mm -hmm. uh uh, I could just let him know that we're gonna go on for now, and then and that and that you'll be in touch, Micah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll there we go. That. Compromise. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to tell him that apparently the the co-director of Crocs Do Groove has heard his voice now. But <laughs> oh yeah. Well, in the trailer I put out, he's uh, I, I I friended him. We're friended on Facebook, and he saw mm -hmm. the trailer, and I talked to him, and he's like, yeah. Uh, he, he was talking about how like there were lots of I don't there was a, a regime change during Kronk's New Groove and they was. were brought on to like salvage what they could mm -hmm. so that had some production problems <laughs> it's almost like it's a pattern or something you got what Tony did record right uh, yeah I did yeah what Emperor's New Groove uh the it turned out working fine for it. Uh, Kronk's new groove didn't have that luxury, unfortunately. 
I actually quite liked Proxy Groove. I don't know why I, I like it too. It, but but I know that it is not a very well received movie. Uh, yeah, um, it is a downgrade, but oh, it's a downgrade for one of the greatest movies ever made. Well, I mean, here. okay, I haven't seen it because, like, if I were to sit down to see it, I'd be like, wait, I could just watch Emperor's New Groove again. Yeah, that's yeah. fair too. But I, I wanted to <laughs> give it a proper chance. And I had that just makes... watched it, Brewer's New Groove, so I was like, I'm, I might as well give it a chance. That, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm that weird person where I want to watch the Emperor's New Groove again, but I also, and I also. You're, you're a watch... slightly different breed of cat, Micah. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch, like. You want, want... all the groove. I want all more stuff. I'm like Luke, I just want more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And I think. Uh, with some of the some of the troubles that Crocs the Groove in school had, I'll get back to cats in a minute. Cats don't dance, <laughs> not cats. Twenty nineteen, God, <laughs> was that they were kind of held down by trying to just do jokes from the movie, and I feel like that kind of. I would love it. A if, lot of sequels do that. Yeah, I would yeah. love it if they could ex- if they had more freedom to like take these characters in weirder directions. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. Um, but yeah, I love that Sawyer's like a love interest that has all this. That has the cartoony stuff happen, a slapstick yes. and a slapstick. Mm-hmm. Like they're all, mm-hmm. which doesn't always happen. Yeah, yeah Sawyer is very solidly her own character instead of simply being an object of desire, which is nice yes. because you know there are a lot of cringy directions it could go in that it thankfully yeah. didn't. Yeah. I will say, I think it still went a little quick from her just not believing in Danny at all to suddenly absolutely believing in Danny. I was just like, it's a short movie. It is exactly like, again, I do remember, I did remember there being more character development. I guess I was just a kid who didn't have. I also think I I remembered the ending going, the ending being uh, longer and it feels a lot faster now than I remember. (laughs) That seems to happen a lot. Like whenever I revisit like animated movies, I haven't watched in a while. I've, find that it's just like i remember this feeling a lot longer <laughs> yeah but you know I don't, mm-hmm. but i honestly miss when animated movies were shorter <laughs> that's fair that's very fair like, i mean you, you, you make the movie the length of the story you want to tell yeah. i just don't mind having short ones having oh, some yeah. of those no for sure i mean i'm somebody who likes having shorts in front of movies which this one did so yeah. like you know I, I like the idea of having a short in front of like maybe a shorter animated feature and i, I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing that come back like yeah we should bring that back it, it's a nice little thing <laughs> like I, I miss when it was a rule that a pixar movie would have mm-hmm. a short in front of it and yeah, yeah I, miss, I miss great. that too and in some showings i never got to see this in theater and now i feel really bad that i didn't because i'm friends with the director <laughs> 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 uh they some places they play two shorts before the 2011 uh Winnie the Pooh movie. It was so oh. short because it's like an hour and three minutes long. Oh, so yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta, yeah, oh. yeah. I missed that too because back then I was a fan of a certain boy wizard, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, um, they also they also started i thought they were starting to do that with the, the Disney animated studios features too, but then they sort of like R- Raya had a short before it, but then they sort of, they're not very consistent about it, basically. Yeah, it's like either do it or don't do it. Like pick a lane. I mean, they've they're making all those neat Mickey shorts now. Like, even yeah, if they've true. released it already, like take a couple of those and put them before a movie. It costs nothing. You own them. That, that is costs nothing. It would get more people into it. I- I'm I'm game for that. <laughs> yeah. 
that is a team I would also just love to see uh, do. I would love to see shorts with Emperor's New Groove characters, just like I think it would be great to see shorts with Castone Dance characters. Like, I think that's where, I mean, I'd love to see another feature, but I think if you're going to perpetually do stuff, shorts is the best way to go because they're quick. Um, less likely to run out of steam. Yeah. Less likely to over. Which is why I wish that that's just what, and I like Toy Story 4, but I wish that they just kept making shorts instead. Thank you. My God. Like, don't get me, like, or, you know what? I've always thought Toy Story could actually work really well as an anthology series. Like, just focus on different groups of toys. We go on tangents on this podcast. (laughs) I like to talk about things, so. I mean, why else get a podcast? Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. And I really liked the part that one to- Toy Story short where they had Studio Trigger do the Abenam animated opening to that show about the dinosaurs. And so oh, yeah. I will just head back to I want to see Studio Trigger do a Cats Don't Dance series. Excellent. <laughs> now back to the movie. Yes. Oh and I wanna, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say anyway. So, oh. Hey, how about Lou Frank Tune. Walker as Farley Wink? Lou, yeah, Frank Walker. God. Looney Tunes and stuff are still around. They're still on. Still making I mean, I hope that they come back more later when hopefully, I don't know, with Zaslav in charge. But, you know, in general, Looney Tunes. There's more made that they haven't put up yet. I've seen the storyboard for one of them. Looney Tunes has lasted for like so long just because, and I think a large part of that is it's mostly shorts. Oh yeah, it's definitely part of it. Like we're always excited to see more of him. Which reminds me, I I gotta admit, I did get a little emotional when I saw Bugs Bunny come out with the logo. I was like, oh, yeah. I missed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's still more Looney Tunes cartoons yet to release, uh, but Bugs Bunny Builders is still going. If you know, oh, good. I really you know. do need to like catch up on the new stuff because like, I need to watch more Looney Tunes. In yeah, general. I agree. We all need more. If Looney only they Tunes hadn't taken half of them off of HBO. Yeah. I'm so I'm mad. So I'm so mad. I swear I'm, I'm just watching is... them on Amazon instead. Yeah. Zaslav also, I is... could get off of my butt and put in a DVD. That's yeah. also true, but yeah. Like, no, <laughs> Zaslov is quickly becoming my, my public enemy number one. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm not a big fan either for some reason. <laughs> yeah, God, I am so sorry. I can't even. Yeah. I meant to watch it, too. Uh, this is what I, I get for procrastinating. I've watched some of it and I like it. It's a good it was a good cartoon. I, I'm hoping someday there will be a way to uh I think some some of it might be on Prime, but I'm not sure. All of it is on Prime. Uh all it of it is, is okay. on uh, available to buy on YouTube and I think Okay, that's good. I'm buying iTunes it then. Still? Yeah. I am buying it. I am getting you some residuals, Kyle. <laughs> I will say these two unrelated things. It is still available, but if at some point it isn't, I happen to have everything. I have the files for absolutely everything. Uh, I will make no connection between those two statements. Yeah, there's no connection there. You'd be a fool and a communist to make one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also heard a lot of of voice actors. I think I heard Rob Paulson play a couple characters in this. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think the the King Kong type character, I believe, was Charlie Adler. Sure sounded like him. Oh, could oh, don't been. even get me started. Don't get me started. That was yeah. so good. It, so it sounded good. it sounded like uh like Buster Bunny a bit. Uh, a little bit, yeah. 
Oh god. Like I said, like all these little cameos cameos that I wouldn't have gotten as a kid. I mean, I would have gotten King Kong, obviously, but like yeah, I mean, like the nice thing about things. having Frank Welker play Farley Wink is that you're also good for every animal. <laughs> every yeah. animal noise. Yeah. And wouldn't you wouldn't you know it? There's a whole bunch of animals in this. Yep. Movie. <laughs> That's kind of the point. Yeah. I also I also miss when I don't know if I miss when cartoon characters and these kinds of things could like have cigars and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a vibe to like, that. I, I don't think I certainly when I was a kid didn't think, wow, that looks cool. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean, considering Micah, you and I are about the same age, like we were inundated with anti-smoking campaigns, which if anything, we might kind of need more of that now with the little vaping, vaping but I digress. Yeah. Um, but also, but like, um, also, also, I don't generally don't like hit people with mallets or all this other stuff true. I've seen cartoons doing. Yeah, so. that's also correct. We, this like, is not yeah, a that's, that's kind of like it's kind of the thing about say a cigar versus a cigarette in a cartoon <laughs> is that like one is much you're much more likely to be able to get your hands on than the other. Yeah. So that like, if true. we're talking about imitable behavior. Like cigar, who is gonna what kid yeah. is gonna get an access to a cigar? <laughs> That's the whole the whole point. It's a fancy it was the forties and it was a rich uh rich person thing. Rich person thing, yeah. yeah. Rich Hollywood. Although executive. I'll say this, one Angel. thing I noticed about this viewing of this movie that I never noticed before is that Farley Wink only takes two percent. He's a gun amongst men. What agent only takes two percent? <laughs> yeah. And that was the that was the moment I was saying that reminded me of the Emperor's New Groove was when he was when uh, Danny was signing the papers. Yeah. And then they cut away to another scene and they cut back to it. It kind of made me think of uh, you're more like my great 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 great. <laughs> yeah. Great great great. Are you through or are you through? Great great aunt. Great, great aunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, can we talk about the, how weird it is that little, how weird the concept of little archangel is? Like how yeah. weird it is they thought that was so, that was going to be the feel good film of the year apparently. Yeah, and I wanted to say whenever whenever I go to bars, I always love to get the darling Dimple. <laughs> oh God, I hope Shirley Temple wasn't that much of a tyrant. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think she was. Yeah, that I reminds mean, I... me. There was one thing. It, that's that's another thing I caught in this viewing that I never caught before. Mm -hmm. uh, at the premiere, W.C. Fields is there. He would have hated it. Animals <laughs> and children? Yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> he would have lost his mind. Uh, maybe that was part of the joke. I think it, it was. was. Like a little sneaky joke there. Yep. <laughs> kind of like um... the name Little Archangel. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, no, it's a solid pun, but I'm just like, yeah. this was somebody thought this was going to be a feel good film, really. Also, also somebody like having. I feel like there must have been someone who would have been upset by that movie. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> People are too PC now. You couldn't make Little Archangel today. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Maybe it would have been a bigger deal if anybody had actually seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the universe, I think that, like... Uh, Somebody, like... Would they replace the Noah with a little girl? Oh, no, you're right! <laughs> ah! Someone would be upset by that, I feel. Yeah, that's true, actually, because here I was thinking she's just, like, the guardian angel for the arc, but yeah, there's no mention of Noah at all. 
Yeah. Um, also, also, how old is Darla supposed to be? Because if she's the lover of animals and children, like she's not a child. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's why they had her they had the scene with her signing the autograph for the little boy yeah. to show that she was like a kid, but there are smaller kids. I guess yeah. that's true. Because either that, or this is a whole baby doll from Batman situation. They do which is, a, had also crossed my mind. Ba- baby doll <laughs> does remind me of Darla Dimple. Yeah, like there's definitely a similar design. Similar, yeah. Like, I mean, this is almost. I mean, an naturally, to baby they're doll. both using Shirley Temple as the template. And yeah, so that's, <laughs> naturally. You know, be, the the Shirley Template. Yes. <laughs> that, that the title of this episode. Yay! <laughs> that will be the thing I put in, at the beginning of the description. <laughs> Yes, the Shirley <laughs> template. I I love that. That's so clever. Um, if you say so, I think it is. Um, <laughs> oh, I noticed in Big and Loud, uh, there's a bit of Alice in Wonderland, uh, in- influence in that when it's like her face in the with oh, all the yeah. hearts and stuff. And hearts are just a recurring motif with the character too, mm-hmm. but like the coloration they use in that fan- mm-hmm. the dark fantasy sequence is very... I didn't even think of that. That's so true. Like it's very something you would see in Disneyland in a black light kind of thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so so it, makes you got... think, it makes you think of the Alice in Wonderland ride at least. <laughs> so yeah, we've got a little bit of Queen of Hearts, so and we got a little little bit of Isma. We got Shirley Temple. You get and a little Starla. bit of Chicken Bog in the when there's the explosion and she comes out at the top of it. She kind of has that is true that kind of posing. She's every villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that there's a fish and it's just there. I mean, I yeah. I like that she she doesn't need to be in like water. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Oh and yeah. That's one thing. Hmm? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, like oh, later in in Chicken Little, they have like the fish needs a fishbowl. No, this fish doesn't need a fishbowl. It just is there. <laughs> Not in the same universe. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I assume that you've both seen the VHS cover of this movie. I may have, but at some point, but it may have been a long time ago. So it's, it's got like the big uh, Danny and Sawyer heads at the top. I was going to say, is it like, the, right, right, yeah, the, the movie, movie, all the rest of the cast? Yeah. Uh, there's something very strange about, about it. Okay. All of the characters on it are like the main characters of the movie, right. except for one alligator. <laughs> was there the a deleted one... alligator? No, the alligator is in the movie, but he's not a character with any lines. He's just a background alligator. So interesting. It's an alligator with an orange shirt. <laughs> Huh. Like maybe there was a deleted scene. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but in in this movie, like he doesn't seem any different from any of the other background animals. It's like when uh Danny's getting everybody to just kind of like just rallying everybody to perform outside of the studio. Right, right. Um he's just one of the animals in the crowd of animals. Huh. Just random huh. alligator. Intriguing. No oh, nipped yeah. alligator moment. <laughs> I was feeling kind of hot, so I turned the fan on. You're nice, good. Bro. You're good. Um, you taught Michael. Well, that's yeah. Gee, and we Mark know what Dindle Kyle's favorite voice, part is. Mark Dindle is the voice of Max. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, from what I read, uh, it was supposed to be Scratch, and then they ran out of money. Uh... <laughs> As you do. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, let's see what 
I had notes. Where are my notes? <laughs> I I have this weird thing where I just have not been taking notes lately, and that's probably a problem. I mean, it's honestly, an, I, I an executive function thing or mm -hmm. dysfunction. I was so in, I I got sucked in, so I didn't didn't really take that many notes. So it's. I mean, I've watched this thing one million American times. I could probably recite. I watched the it immediately you, so. before we recorded. I mean, I think there was like maybe twenty minutes in between. So. Okay, it's fresh. That's good. I watched it over lunch because it's short. <laughs> yeah, it's short. See, I wa see. I watched it. Watched it over the weekend. <laughs> but anyway, but, but um, yeah, like it is a very. It does give off very similar vibes as Looney Tunes, and that's kind of part of why and, I like it. Yeah, which is which you know went into the Emperor's New Groove as well. Mm -hmm. I uh, Mark Dindle was very clearly very big fan of like Chuck Jones. Oh sure. Uh, and that's why they put a Looney Tunes in front of the movie, probably. Uh, now I think that was wondering... probably more of a studio thing, but I yeah. you know, doubt he. I, I doubt there was any reason for him to not want that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's you know, I have consistent at least. <laughs> that is true. But thematically consistent say... studio mandated short. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I will say now I'm trying to imagine like an alternate universe where he directed the Space Jam movies. That that could have been interesting, actually. Yeah. Um, well, they, they you, do have, up. You, you do have the a Looney Tunes movie directed by Joe Dante, who was also a really big um, that's true Looney Tunes fan to the point that he put uh Daffy Duck in the credits of Gremlins 2, even though it has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> and did you know that Chuck Jones shows up in Gremlins 1? Um, Does I think I think I, I knew that and forgot it, but I think I yeah, there, there's, a, there's a barroom scene and like just actual Chuck Jones is in there. I, I believe that. I did know that at one point, but <laughs> sometimes I know things and then I forget them. <laughs> yep, yep, that happens. <laughs> um, oh man, it's Grimm like that little little thing in Inside Out. It just kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um. So apparently, I guess they must have done some sort of tie-in with Subway because I got that's where I got the wine toy I got from. Um. Subway just gets like that, like used to get like odd properties every now and then. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they did like a schnookums and meat tie in because <laughs> Burger King and really? McDonald's get all the big ones, <laughs> and they got uh Pokemon when it like I think before it might have been when the games were just out and the show hadn't even started. Yeah. Like, there was no P Pikachu involved, they just had plushies of like it was like Zubat, Vulpix, and a couple of others. They were, were ahead like, of the they were not... ahead of the curve there. <laughs> yeah. And then a yeah, few exactly. years ago, when McDonald's had temporarily and Disney had you froze a little bit. Oh, you're back. Okay. McDonald's and Disney had temporarily uh th their contract had expired, but later they got a new contract. Uh mm -hmm. Subway started doing stuff with Disney where it was like little books or something that uh, you could get because mm -hmm. Subway doesn't seem to do toys anymore. Uh, <laughs> They did have that big old Hunger Games campaign that was just weird. <laughs> yeah. And also, they, I don't think they ever had Family Guy toys, but they did have commercials with Peter Griffin. Huh. <laughs> well, you got to replace Jared with someone. Mm. Well, yeah, and, 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 and he makes reference to that in, in the comments. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't know that it, was, that it was as public at the time, but he makes reference to Jared existing uh, in the yeah. commercial. So it has aged uncomfortably. Um, what something Family Guy related aging uncomfortably? The devil, you say? Can't surprise. 
Um, <laughs> there, I know there's more to talk about. Um, so what's the deal with what's the deal with the goat and the fish? Like clearly they uh, go together, but like <laughs> I, I think that they're just kind of the elder statesmen and they've been at this for a while, and so like mm -hmm. they're like they, they know that it's always been this way. Yeah. Uh that's kind of why they're that's kind of why they're linked together because they're a similar mm -hmm. age. And mm -hmm. like they're also more pessimistic about it than everybody else because yeah, they, that does make sense. Seen yeah. it all. I love that uh at the that they do the studio intro, just they film it new fresh every time. I know every it's movie. So funny. Oh, you know what? I do have some, for some reason his whole did you know a peanut is not a nut at all? For some reason, that has lived rent free in my head. And kind of goes through like my mental screensaver. Oh, it's true. At least a peanut once is a week. not a nut. It's a legume. It's not. No, it is correct. But it's weird that that, for whatever reason, and that particular moment lives rent free in my head. I want to talk a bit about some of the scenes in this that remind me of other scenes I like, and how I'm how I'm one of those people who, when I see that, I just like the thing that's reminding me of the thing more. <laughs> sure. Um, in the scene where they're in the the thing that the elephant lives in <laughs> and it it's rocks back and forth known as a trailer <laughs> i thought it was a trailer but it was a very specially designed trailer uh, it reminded me a lot of uh the blustery day a bit with the oh, way that cool. it obviously different causes of it moving but very much but uh, i see what you mean that's actually the gags mean. of the character sliding across the room remind me of that yeah um uh, also the hero uh, a song either sung by or about the hero and having uh, the henchman for the villain uh, dance a little bit to it and the villain getting mad at them for it reminded me of Aladdin a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Luke's not on. No, <laughs> do not apologize. That was decent. <laughs> oh, it's just a fun voice to do. <laughs> I, I do it, but I'm running out of voice. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, then don't. We don't want to do that. Yes, if you are. Um, like, so, like, um, mm -hmm. Jasmine, do you know about my uh Gilbert story? I think I've heard it, but remind me, okay? So, I'll make this quick because it's completely unrelated. Because you, because you did your did, did the impression of it for Mighty Magic Swords, right? Was that it? So, yeah, like, we had him on, we were patching him in from New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, he had a glass of wine in his hand, mm -hmm. which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they like they would like we recorded animatics with like Temp. Mm -hmm a sound on it and it was usually mm -hmm. me doing most of the voices and so mm -hmm. i was doing my best gilbert on it and it's like gilbert li gilbert listens to my scratch and goes you should just get this guy yeah exactly. yeah 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 there we go now and i, I, remember. I yeah. felt like a, a one million american dollars i i obviously I, I have seen that episode of that's one of the ones i have i did manage to see before <laughs> everything before this uh, apocalypse if you will yeah right um I also I also there were a lot of smears in this that I noticed that I always love those. Mm -hmm. Um I put a lot of those in my stuff. Uh both because they're fun and uh frankly they're they're you can get stuff done quicker with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um like there's a lot of scenes where I don't I guess just having animated, I have more of an eye for things that go by real fast mm -hmm. now. Um like Danny will move real fast and he'll have a, multiple pupils mm -hmm. for like a couple oh. frames. Oh. Um, 
there's yeah. lots of freeze frame interestingness in here. Like, yeah. like there's one part where he just completely disappears into his hat. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's a, a scene during that. the flood where Tilly falls on them, and she's got the dumbest face ever for like two frames. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a random shout out that the person I'm shouting out probably isn't gonna hear because I don't think they listen to this podcast very much. But I'm gonna do it anyways because it's my podcast. Yes, um, it is. Yes. As we're recording this. Uh, I think that I'm going to release this tomorrow because I'm going to be too tired by the time we're done. To- oh, um, as we're recording this, it is my uh, the youngest of my two older sisters birthdays. Yay. Uh, happy and birthday, they- youngest of two older sisters. Yes, yeah, happy birthday. Happy, happy uh, birthday from all of us to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sent her that gift already. Oh, good, 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 good. As you should. <laughs> oh, I send it to everybody. That's just my thing. It's a good, it's a good one. It's a good one. As far as birthday greetings go, it's good. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, so two things that just occurred to me to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. We really haven't really gone into the, what is essentially a meat ugly with Danny and Sawyer. Like, yeah, I love that. All the little ways she is ruining her day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he is just utterly clueless about it. That- and that's yeah i love that i would like to see that in more more movies if they're gonna do the romantic plot like that to do it like that yeah exactly just have fun with it like i would almost argue the love story wasn't even really necessary in this movie and yeah like i have a specific rule it's like either do it and like develop it well and make me believe these two belong together or don't do it at all but and they did not quite stick landing with that for me like very good ending very good beginning and need a little bit more in the middle yeah i think i i just think i just think they're, they're cute <laughs> oh they're cute that's cute of course i think like, so yeah. I, I think sawyer has a has a very cute uh design uh, yeah. i mean she also looks a little bit like isma weirdly enough yeah <laughs> but like a cuter version oh yeah very much so. more like isma as a cat i guess yeah that's my point like she looks like isma as a cat <laughs> Like, yeah. Sawyer has a really unique eye theory, like with the way yeah. her eye shapes work. Like, there's no like real defined eyelid. They do it all with like the shape of the eye she has, instead of like ever drawing a defined eyelid. And oh. uh, it, it it works really well. I am learning so much. I love this. <laughs> um, but oh, I've also... just been thinking about this since 1997. That's all. <laughs> well, hey, now you get to use it. Yay. <laughs> Um, but you know, also number two, can we talk about how awesome the posters at the end of the movie are? Yeah, I, I've heard that the ones that were based on more recent movies were kind of like pushed by the studio. But they're, I was going to bring that up. But, yeah, yeah. But, it, it, but I, but I like them anyway. Oh yeah, I yeah, love well, they, them too. They like, don't bother me. I just think it's funny that you go from like these movies set clearly when this movie is set, and then there's more yeah. modern movies, and you can kind of tell that it was something that might have been. But it, it's they're nice posters though. Oh yeah, and, and, you I know mean, particularly with them being parodies of war properties. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and and yeah. you know you could always make the argument that that this is Daddy's impact. Like, yeah. it it's, just went that. Far. And also that that you know in this universe maybe animals uh, live the same have the same lifespan as people do. That is possible, or maybe it's like funerals. <laughs> um, twist twist. I know they had an attraction at Universal, but that means nothing. Uh, was Twister a Warner Brothers movie? It might, I think it might have been. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, because there are a lot of like Warner Brothers stuff at Universal. Like uh, mm-hmm. Terminator was a Warner Brothers movie originally. Yep. Uh, yep, they clearly have something going on there. Yeah, 
think for a little bit there were a couple Terminator movies that were done by Fox. But I think uh, you're right. Yeah, I actually, they were originally Warner Brothers. I think the uh, one with Amelia Clark might have been a Fox one. <laughs> um, I saw that in theaters. Think for some reason. A, a parody of Terminator. <laughs> what would that have been like? Um, <laughs> uh, hmm. uh, but yes. What I love is the movie is basically uh, it makes sense that they're all Warner properties in a way because it ties with the movie itself being sort of a send up to Warner Brothers and MGM. That's true. Yeah, two different studios, studios at the time, but they but, were making very similar films. Yep. Um, they both were making musical, uh, which is probably another reason why this makes me think of the great movie ride is because a lot of the movies that a few of the yeah. movies they reference in the great movie right are the kind of movies that this is a send up to. I'm sure Mickey's Runaway Railway is good. I haven't written it yet. Oh, but no, I I, I, it looks amazing. Movie, right? If you're a fan of cartoons, which I, I mean, always yeah. am, it looks like a great a great time. Oh, yeah, it does. I, but I, I, I couldn't help, but I snuck a peek on YouTube. It looks god tier if you're into it, tunes. It, it, it does yeah. It does look amazing, but I am I, always Yeah, I really wanted to write. wait, but then to wait before watching the whole thing on YouTube, but then the pandemic happened and I gave up on that and just watched it. Fair. But yeah, I like, mean, I figured the, correctly that you know, in the amount of time it will take for me to actually be on it when it comes to California, I'll have forgotten most of what I've what I saw, yeah. and I was correct <laughs> in that assertion. Yeah, you know what? It's it the, pays to be forty three. It's oh. one of those things where, like, this is just like I've always wanted to know: what is it? What would it look like to be with inside a cartoon yeah. within like a space that's supposed to be two D but also isn't? Yeah. But- and it's basically like being on Eddie's ride into Toontown. I was gonna say yeah. it's like yeah. you get to be Eddie. But Eddie I mean, you're watching them when you're watching that. You're watching it on the screen. I want to know what it would be like to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah that that's what this is. is what yeah. I'm saying. So when it, when, that when does this sound was announced, I was super thrilled about it because that's like just the dream is to just visit a cartoon. <laughs> uh, and isn't that why we go to Disney? Because because like, uh. You have all the Fantasyland rides, and you have like the Roger Rabbit ride, but those are clearly sculptures. Those yeah. are not. And yeah. this, it's a little different. You can suspend your disbelief a bit better with this because they, mm-hmm. and I know that this gets a lot of complaints from people, but they're using lots of projections to make the effects work, and that's the only way to really make it look like something that, mm-hmm. in the case of the Mickey Mouse shorts, only exists in the computer. Yeah, and honestly, I'll say this in defense of the projections, as someone who lives in Florida. And you kind of do need some indoor rides like that because otherwise you are going to get very wet before (laughs) long. Yeah. Like, yes, is it a real thing better? Of course. But I do will defend like indoor projection rides as well for that reason alone. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, Do we have anything else to add? Uh, there were a few things I noticed in the credits that were interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. Besides, like, Dindle was really heavily involved in this, like, playing multiple roles more than you would necessarily uh, expect a director to do, you know, besides just doing the voice of Max. Uh, I noticed mm-hmm. that he had a, pr- a, a prominent storyboard credit, which is very interesting. Ooh. I'd love to see those storyboards. It's interesting. But it doesn't feel surprising because it seems like a lot of a lot of his style comes through not just in like the direction mm-hmm. but like in the way that the gags are done, um, or even in the character designs like we've been talking yeah. about. Yeah. Speaking and, of character designs, I noticed uh, Bruce Smith's name in there. Oh, so that is one 
that has actually a design, uh, animator or someone anyways, they were an animator in Groove uh, who was carried over from That's true. this to Groove and then created Proud Family. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> I would love to get him on sometime. Bruce Smith? Um, oh my god. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be a ever, cool. Did you ever see Bruce Smith's Scree Squirrel pitch drawings? No. He Ooh. posted those on his uh, Twitter account. I highly recommend checking those out. They're neat. No, I wish I could follow him so I can search for that. Yeah. Uh, that uh, sounds that sounds like fun. <laughs> I know I know he's collaborated with like uh YouTuber uh, YouTubers and stuff, so I don't feel like it, mm. it, oh, it would be cool. too unlikely to get him on. Um then again, Impressive. these days I'm not most a lot of people are willing to just come on and talk about the stuff they make because they like doing it. <laughs> Aww, well, also, good. like your your show is about such a specific topic <laughs> that it yeah. probably is like very interesting. I'll just go it's on just and like, talk about huh. Groove for a while. Sweet, let's do this. <laughs> well, you, I haven't been doing this lately because most of my interviews have been for the documentary, which is much more Groove focused. But when I bring people oh, yeah. on, like Tony Bancroft or something, I'll have an entire section dedicated to some other stuff they did. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had Tony Tony Bancroft talk a bit about um, directing Mulan, Ooh. Um, and, and that nice. was him on it. Um, oh, another name but, I didn't quite expect to see. I think he was. I think he was one of the animators on this. Is a guy named Bob Scott who uh, worked at I, probably before this at uh, Pause Inc. Uh, working on the U.S. Acres comic strip after. You know, Jim Davis pretty much left the whole thing to Brett Koth to work on. Uh, and so there's potentially sort of a link between Dindle doing this and Garfield, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's all come together. <laughs> Actually, uh, a little, I, I would say I'm ashamed of myself for not saying it first, but your prompt confession is so good, I'm not upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to. Completely irrelevant. I got to I got to a uh, fist bump Patrick Warburton in last July. Yes, oh, lucky. nice. I wanted to visit him at the table, but uh, I, a few weeks later, I had fallen down some stairs, and Ooh. I was very overwhelmed by the crowds and stuff. Also, yeah. that particular con, I've been to a few cons, and this one was not very good at managing their crowds. Oof. Like the volunteers were trying to get people in line, and it was a mess, and they just straight up said that like they didn't know what they were doing. That's a great sign. So I don't blame them. I mostly, you know, it's it was also a very commercial con. It's not like a, mm. but it was still just the fact to get to see Patrick Warburton in person and I get to fist bump him is mm. amazing. And the fact that I can go on Twitter and say, hey, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> because, and it won't seem too weird because we follow each other. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Great movie. Think, yeah, it's a, I guess that's just we'll share our final thoughts on the movie. Um. <laughs> everyone is welcome to go into as much detail as they want about their thoughts on the movie. I mean, this has always been a, a big favorite of mine, as as I mentioned, and always a pleasure to watch it again. Uh, and yeah, it's. You know, between this and Groove, I feel like it's kind of a shame that Dindle hasn't gotten to make more movies. And, mm-hmm. you know, in order, I feel like, you know, we do have a Chicken Little, but, you know, 
we apparently learned nothing from the lesson that was Emperor's New Groove. If you leave him alone, he'll make a great movie. Yeah. Like, I don't hate it as much as other people do, but I do agree it is his weakest of these three movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean I think I think what bothers me about Chicken Little is that you can see the potential on the screen, like the amount yeah. of oh, dindleness yeah. that do shine through, make it a, mm-hmm. all the more annoying that he didn't just get to make on, a movie. I think on Facebook a while back, Nick Ranieri wrote a whole post about uh, how Mark Dindle's version of Chicken Little, how different it was, and how much better it would have been. <laughs> Nick Ranieri uh, is, I'm sure, I'm sure Kyle knows this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the supervising <laughs> animator of Cusco and the Emperor's New Groove. Ooh. And I uh, also got to talk with him recently, and he showed me uh, some of his maquettes, including the Cusco. Oh, cool. Oh, that's yeah. very cool. Uh, um, but, yeah, in spite of my mom, Princess of Character this is still such a fun, looney toony love letter to just, like we said, the aesthetics of the Golden Age of Hollywood with, you know, a solid meta- metaphor that had a much happier ending than the real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's the... We really didn't delve that much into it, did we? No, no. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we want. I mean, uh, if, if you guys want to keep going, that's cool. But I'm kind of running out of voice here, so I should probably. No, that's fair. That's very fair. Off. That's very okay. fair. It was so nice to meet you, Kyle. Oh, it was very nice to talk with the both of you about uh, this movie that I super duper like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just a little bit of pluggage. If you want to hear my music, go to tvscall.bandcamp.com. And if you want to see my artwork, go to Twitter at uh, tvskyle. In fact, that's where I am on most socials media. So please go enjoy some cartoons. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. But, but yeah, I mean, what can be said that isn't already pretty obvious? It's like yeah. very obvious metaphor for yeah. how... And- Shit, how shitty it was to be a person of color or anyone who wasn't basically a straight and, and it's also the second movie with that kind of theme that I've covered with Kyle and Tony on as well because that's yeah. kind of in, in the back a little bit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like that that is true that, that is too. very true yeah. I would definitely say it's a little less like I guess maybe just because that's not the main fo- focus. It's, it's not the main of... focus. It's just there in the background. Yeah, it's it's there. It's very much part of the story, but it's not like really hammering it in. Because uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is also just based on a true story, minded, with a much less happy ending. With exactly, minded, exactly. Minded. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, like you know, I yeah, you know, as somebody who, who somebody who has many identities that would have been screwed over back then. In spite of my love for a lot of the movies from back then, like it, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a sol, it's solid, but I think a lot of people are getting a little tired of just doing metaphors for yeah. this sort of thing, yeah. and we're kind of craving like, let's really talk about this. Yeah, yeah, like, but it's it's fine. It's a fine metaphor. Yeah, and it, and it, and for some, yeah. Um, do you have anything to plug? Um, I am on Favor Vieira on Twitter and TikTok, and I am working on possibly getting back onto YouTube. So, um, look for Favor Vieira Productions there. Watch that space. <laughs> and I am Michael. Oh wait, I am at Michael Hirsch on Twitter, and I have <laughs> I have a bunch of other stuff I say in my pre-recorded thing. The thing that mm-hmm. isn't in my pre-recorded thing is I'm making a documentary um, about the history of the Emperor's New Groove from its conception as King of the Sun to basically its modern day legacy as a cult 
a film called Beware the Groove, the Making of a Cult Classic um, mm -hmm. that is currently slated to be on YouTube March 3rd. So look Yay. for that. And you can find me at Micah Hirsch on Twitter. I also make animated cartoons on YouTube through the channel Fireblast Studios. If you like my work and want to support me, you can pledge to the Fireblast Studios Patreon for early access to videos, behind the scenes footage, and more. What's his name?